You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on this special holiday, New Year's, post-New Year's edition of the Husker Online show as we are looking back at the decade of the 2010s. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, we just gave our thoughts on Nebraska's all-decade offensive team here. Robin, let's talk all-decade defense. And, you know, it's a lot of talent came through Nebraska when you look at the all-decade team, a lot of that talent, though, came through at the beginning of the decade. You know, obviously the back half of the decade has been pretty lean with defensive talent, with draft picks. Uh, but let's start on the defensive line. Um, you know, you had a couple guys here from those two thousand early teams. Uh, Jared Crick, um, defensive tackle. You know, he was an all-Big 12 first-teamer draft pick played in many years in the NFL Malik Collins starts in the NFL right now for the Cowboys Randy Gregory with the Cowboys still and he's had multiple suspensions and issues and continues to get a chance which tells you just how talented Randy Gregory is um, and then you know the fourth spot this is where I had a hard time yeah, this was tough you, you, you look at that fourth spot and Eric Martin is who I went with he was first team all big 12 which excuse me big 10 back in 2012 um you know, led Nebraska in sacks. He was an effective edge pass rush guy um, with eight and a half sacks and 18 tackles for loss. Now, I went with him over Baker Steinkuhler and Vincent Valentine. Those were the only guy, other guys I really considered. Yeah, it's hard. I, I, I probably would stick with Martin just from based off that productivity in 2012. I mean, eight and a half sacks, 18 tackles for loss. That's those are big time numbers, and especially when you look at a program over the last ten years. That, I mean, outside of Rand, Randy Gregory, who are your your edge rushers? I mean, I mean, you could make a case for Khalil Davis this year. He had a really good year statistically, but just the meaning of the games. He, that's the thing. I mean, when you're winning four or five games a year, it's you know the stats don't mean as much. But uh, Valentine is probably the only guy that I would maybe listen to a conversation to join that list, just because. He was really, really good, and he played a position where you're not going to get stats. And his draft pick uh, by the Patriots, uh, I think, shows just like kind third of how, round, right? Yeah, shows how the fact they took him so high shows you know just kind of where he was in the NFL eyes. Yeah, and uh, Eric Martin, you know, people forget his value on special teams too. I mean, how many guys his size could run and cover kicks like he did? And who was the announcer? Ed Cunningham. <laughs> Ed Cunningham is still mad at Eric Martin. I mean, he died on the cross for Eric Martin in those concussion hits. I mean, he was. I mean, he was just gonna go he down. Wanted Eric Martin arrested on the field. I think that was. And I mean, Ed Cunningham stepped away from announcing football because of the violence of the game, the head injuries. Yeah, good riddance. See you, Ed. Ed did teach me how to put cheese in the chili first. I'll give Ed credit that when you make your chili at Memorial Stadium. Ed Cunningham's the first guy I ever saw that put the cheese in first, mm. then the chili over the cheese, and then it melt. It is a game changer. It's Ed Cunningham. That. So thank you, Ed, for that. I guess he wasn't all bad. <laughs> linebacker. <laughs> you look at here, all-decade linebacker. I mean, really, was Levante David to you the player of the decade for yes. Nebraska? I mean, if you were yes. to say the player of the decade. Yep. I mean, maybe one of those running backs, Burkheader, uh, Abdullah, got to be in that conversation. But I think when people look back at, you know, who is your favorite Husker of the last 10 years, it's Levante David. I think more often than not, he was a generational talent. And it's unfortunate that he only played, you know, a couple of years here, but uh, he still made as big of an impact on this program as any linebacker, any defensive player, and really any player uh, that has come through since, since 2010. I go back to that game at Penn State. Um, and it was the 2011 game. What do you have, like 18 tackles that game or something? Yeah, let's look that up here because 
That Penn State Nebraska well, game. Yeah, there was that game, and then obviously the forced fumble that changed the Ohio State game. Nebraska's only win over Ohio State, uh, where he ripped the ball out of there, and I mean, essentially turned the game around single-handedly. And what was crazy is that it took him forever to get on the field because he was such a reactionary player. And because of his athleticism, he was able to overcome maybe not knowing the playbook because he was just so instinctual that see football, go get football. And he did that better than any linebacker that's played here. Well, yeah, originally um, Sean Fisher and Will Compton yep. were playing over him. And then they, you know, because Pelini basically only played one linebacker on a lot of plays. And Fisher got hurt. And then Fisher broke his leg. But, yeah, you, you go back to that Penn State game. Penn State was like a top 10, top 15 team in state college. Um, what did he finish with? He had nine tackles that game out at Happy Valley. So he didn't lead Nebraska. But there was a final drive where Penn State was you know, driving to, to possibly win the game, essentially. And Levante David made multiple tackles in a row. Um, to to stop Penn State, you know, from from getting a first down. I mean, that that won the game for Nebraska. When when you go back and like look at that, the history of how that game played out. Yeah, I mean, again, I I, do, I would not hesitate really. Um, again, the only people I would even consider are Burkhead and Abdullah uh, for your player of the decade. For me personally, it's Levante David, uh, hands down. I mean, <laughs> the guy the guy was a single handedly changed games on the defensive side of the ball, which. Um, that in itself speaks to his value, and I don't know if Nebraska is going to see a player of of just his overall ability and impact, uh, maybe in a long time. Okay, so here is the Levante J- yeah, David drive, three fifty two left in the fourth quarter. Nebraska was holding on, to, I believe, a three point lead at that time. It's second and two. Levante David makes a tackle, one yard gain. Um, so then it's third and one. Levante David tackles Silas Red, no gain. Fourth and one. Silas Red, who was a leading rusher in the Big Ten, Levante David tackled him again. So he made three tackles, impactful tackles in the box to win a game. You know, individual get-off block plays where you just had to be a dude. I mean, that that was just the kind of guy he was. And Nebraska won that game on the road. You know, in, in a pretty con, you know, and and that was the first game without Joe Paterno. It was a 17-14 win um, on the road for Nebraska to to get out of there with a you know Penn State was eight and one going into that game. I mean, just look at the numbers, 285 tackles in two seasons. I mean, he's a top, he's, I think, fourth, end his career fourth on the uh, school's career tackle list playing two seasons. He has two of the top five single season tackle totals, including uh, his 152 in 2010. I mean, that, <laughs> what more do you need to, be, you need to say? There? All right, Will Compton, I think almost underappreciated at times as a player, but then you see that he's still playing in his the NFL league. career. I mean, that, that shows you how good he actually was. I think if anything, his skill set wasn't made for the big 12 uh, because of the spreads. And, you yeah, know, he was matched up in coverage against those, you know, scat wide receivers, backs. scat backs. That, that was a mismatch. And that's where we get to our next guy, Eric Haig. I mean, he was basically a, you know, a help change how teams in the conference defend the spread. Bo Pelini, uh, going with the hybrid linebackers now that really everybody in the Big 12 uses, and um, it gave teams fits. And Eric Hag was the first guy, and um, you know his versatility to play in the box, out of the box, you know helped Nebraska really win a lot of games in that era. 
Yeah, I mean, he was a kind of ahead of his time in a lot of different ways, and that's what made Nebraska's defense so effective in that high-powered Big 12 era that they were able to have guys like Eric Haig that they didn't have to take out off the field. I mean, between him and, and Gomes and that, that defensive backfield, that was as good of a secondary as Nebraska's had in, in decades probably. All right, now the secondary, because um, we kept Haig as a linebacker, the secondary, the I think four of them were really easy. Prince Mucamara, first-team All-American. Alfonso Dennard, he won the Big, the Big Ten cornerback of the year in the first year of the conference for Nebraska. So he was named the um, the Woodson Award or whatever they give it, I, I believe, that year the, to the top corner in mm, the conference. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the safeties, Nathan Gary, Damian Stafford, both of them all Big Ten level NFL safeties. Uh, I wanted to do a fifth DB just because I felt like five DBs is more common now. Um, and I went with Stanley Jean Baptiste over Dejon Gomes, Josh Kalou, Chris Jones, Lamar Jackson, and Sianta Evans. And it was tough. Um, but I felt like the size that he brought, the physicality, he was a second round or second or third round NFL pick, um, I believe Stanley Jean was. Yeah, second, I think. Second. So, and he was looked at as a first rounder, a lot of people. So that was my determination to go over with Stanley. How about Stanley Jean Baptiste? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that interception he had against Ohio State, I mean, that's one of the more memorable plays uh, of, of the last 10 so years. Nebraska's only win over Ohio State. Yeah. Um, but for me, if I, I mean, I would probably vote for Dijon Gomes just because, I mean, I, you hate to put that entire like 2010 secondary on there, but I mean, he was so good. And I think he was such an important part. He's the best secondary in the yeah. country. You talk about what, what Eric Haig meant. I think Dijon Gomes meant just as much because, I mean, he was the quarterback of that, that defense and uh, the play, he made big time plays, uh, you know, game changing interceptions, you know, forced fumbles uh, and, you know, was really just an, as impactful of a safety uh, as there's been, you know, in, in that era. So, uh, I don't necessarily dislike the, the Stanley pick just because, I mean, he, you know, he, he was so impactful in his short amount of time. But Dijon Gomes, I think, would probably get my nod if I, if I were to put this solely on my I'll list. never forget the first Washington game in 10. Steve Sarkeesian told people after the game that Nebraska was one of the best secondaries he'd ever seen in his time coaching in college football. Did Gomes get – or was it Hague or Gomes that got the pick on the, like first, the first – The first – Hague. Hague, yeah. I mean, it was Jake Locker, a first-round pick <laughs> – and, Welcome to the show, Locker. And I mean, he just—I mean, that was an awesome game for Nebraska secondary. I mean, they just locked down those Washington receivers. Now, closing out here, punter um, Sam Fultz. You know, and, and you look at it, maybe one of the best, if not the best, in school history. Um, you know, it's, you, I think you can. Sam Cook would be the other guy you'd argue with. Kyle Larson, All-American guys, right there. Darren Erstad was a good punter, um, but I, I think Sam's athletic ability and just how he was as a person and everything, you know, if he would, he would be making a lot of money still to this day, if not for the tragic accident. Yeah. I mean, if he was able to finish his career, I don't think it's probably even a question of who the best punter is in school history. Is it? And you got guys like, uh, Sam cook that would say the exact same thing. Uh, you know, John Harbaugh. I remember this, uh, that, that draft class that, that, um, Fultz would have been in, uh, made a point during his interview with ESPN to say that, uh, you know, the, football lost a really special player in person with with Sam Fultz's death and you know if it's sad because he would have had his name called that day if if you know circumstances would have worked out differently but yeah I don't think even a shortened career I don't think there's any question that Sam Fultz in my opinion is the best punter in Nebraska football history all right when we come back we are going to talk some Husker basketball next here as the Huskers uh, came off Christmas they got a win and now they head back into the, the main meat of Big Ten Conference play. They have 18 games remaining, all conference games. We'll get Robin's thoughts on that next. You're listening to your Les Carline Show.